Amen, amen. Well, what's up, Everlast? How are we tonight? We're doing all right? Yeah, amen. It's good to see everybody. Can we give God just a clap offering right now? Let's give God a clap offering together. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. And also, L, awesome job. L, that was beautiful. Can you all give it up for L? It's an amazing song. So great. So thankful for L and Jeremy helping, um, yeah, leading us in worship. Well, check it out. If you're new to Everlast, my name is Kev. I'm the young adult pastor here. Uh, so glad that you're here. I would love to meet you afterwards. My wife is also our uh, young adult coordinator. Her name's Tina. She's in the back. Y'all give it up for Tina. <laughs> uh, also, our Everlast leaders, Everlast leaders and volunteers, could you raise your hand? If you're Everlast leader or volunteer, y'all can say what's up to them too. See a hand that's raised, go say hi to them. Yeah, amen. Well, by the way, like again, just to say, uh, uh, say it again. If you're new, thank you for coming. Uh, please go to our little information booth station right there uh, afterwards. If you're new, it's your first time, we have a gift for you just to say thanks for coming tonight. Amen. We cool with that. Uh, last week, uh, my wife Tina and I were actually out sick, and uh, I just wanted to uh, we're say that we're so glad to be back. We're so thankful for all of our leaders and volunteers holding down the fort. Also wanted to just say thank you to Pastor Shay Logan for, for, uh, for preaching last week. So we can get up for Pastor Shay Logan. Amen. Thank you, Shay. Uh, well, we're actually like, y'all, we're right smack dab in the middle of a series called The Core Four. And we've actually covered two core idols uh, so far, both control and comfort. And uh, if you missed those, you can head to our Everlast podcast um, you can find it on like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And I uh, just encourage you to, to listen to those and catch up uh, on, on our current series. So, but before we start, before we continue on our next core tonight, uh, let me just recap on some very important information that I think that we need to know um, as we continue in our series. So uh, here we go. Y'all ready? Sam, ready? Come on now. Here we go. Okay, here we go. What is an idol? Okay, so to reiterate, an idol can be described as um, anything we put before God. An idol can be described as anything we put before God. If you're taking notes, I think it's on the screen for you. Where does idolatry begin? Well, idolatry starts in the heart. Everlast, it starts in the heart. Craving and wanting, enjoying, being satisfied by anything that you treasure more than God. Um, God cares deeply about this, Everlast. He really does. Uh, El actually mentioned it a moment ago. Uh, he made it a part of his commands. Exodus 20 verses 3 through 5 says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is um, in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Uh, verse 5 says, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. What uh, we talked about um, these past, you know, uh, in this series, we've talked about two different types of idols. Cool. Two different types. One, surface idol. Two, source idols. Y'all with me on that? Surface idols and source idols. Um, out of the two categories, surface idols are easier to spot, right? They're on the surface. They're, they're, they're closer to the surface. Thus, many people recognize these idols. A lot of people recognize the surface idols um, as, a, as you know, the cause of many of the problems that they have in their relationships with both God and people. But that's not the case. So check, let me just, I'll, I'll keep going. Listen, we have labeled these idols, these, these surface idols, as branch sins uh, because they're less observable as root sins. You know, just like a tree, you can see the branches before you see the roots. Um, I'm going to go through some of these surface idols again. I think it's super important that we, we understand this because what's interesting is a lot, I'm telling you, a lot of us think that this is the source, but it's not the source. 
Just the surface. Here we go. By the way, I kind of sound like a balloon. I'm still sick. So I sound like this tonight, so forgive me. Thought y'all would laugh at that. Uh, that wasn't that funny. I don't know who would laugh at um, Image idolatry. Life only has meaning. I only have worth if I have a particular kind of look or body image. That's image idolatry. Work idolatry. Life only has meaning. I only have worth if I am highly productive in getting a lot done. Achievement idolatry. Life only has meaning and I only have worth if I'm being recognized for my accomplishments or if I'm excelling in my career. Racial cultural idolatry. Life only has meaning. I only have worth if my race and my culture is ascendant and recognized as superior. Individual person idolatry. Life only has meaning. I only have worth if this one person in my life is in my, if this one person is in my life and happy there and, and happy with me. Um, relationship idolatry. Life only has meaning. I only have worth if Mr. and Mrs. Wright is in love with me. Materialism idolatry. Life only has meaning. I only have worth if I have a certain level of wealth or, 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 or financial freedom uh, and very nice possessions. Y'all, these are surface idols. These idols and the like, y'all, they, again, aren't ultimately the problem. These idols are always connected to something deeper, and the, that is our heart. Amen? Your heart, is, y'all, your, control, your heart is your control center. It is your personhood. It's, it's, it's who you are. Now, whereas surface idols are, you know, re- more, you know, uh, are more readily understood and even more recognizable to many, source idols by nature are more... Um, they're more subversive and much, more t- uh, much harder to initially recognize. This is what we call the core four. All right? This is what we're calling the core four. These source idols, a.k.a. the core four, include comfort, approval, control, and pride. Comfort, approval, control, and pride. And uh, so tonight we're going to continue the core four. We're going to talk about approval. All right? Uh, There's going to be a lot of scriptures we're working through tonight, but we're going to start off with Romans chapter 5, verse 1. So if you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Everlast. You can kind of mark your place there because we're going to be coming back to it later on tonight. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified, accepted by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we've been justified, accepted by faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's, let's pause there. Can we just pray again? I want to pray together as we uh, uh, open up God's word together tonight. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you so much for who you are. God, you're truly awesome. You're worthy of our praise. Beside you, God, there's none other. We thank you, Lord, for your continued mercy towards us and your compassion towards us. God, I pray that as we continue in worshiping you through your word, that you would, you would help us to listen well tonight, that you would, yeah, that we would listen with an attentive ear and we would be truly receptive to what you have for us. God, I'm asking that you would give me, us together, a fresh understanding of how approval is not found in man, but ultimately found in you. Help us to surrender all of our thoughts and all of our affections to you tonight. Whenever last, I love to do this. I just encourage you, just, let's just take five, ten seconds, pray for your own heart. Pray this, say, God, speak to me tonight. Would you please speak to me tonight?
And now pray for those. Pray the same prayer on your, uh, for the person on your left and right. Let's pray for each other real quick. Say, God, speak to them tonight. And now I would just kindly ask that you please pray for me, that God would use me to make things helpful and clear for you tonight. God, we love you. Please speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, have you all ever done anything that is embarrassing? No. <laughs> Someone said no. That is a lie. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, someone, uh, someone uh, very quickly over here said yes. Uh, no, yes. So, uh, no and yes. Whether it embarrasses you or someone else, right? Embarrassment. Here's the thing, y'all. I have always been so uh, intrigued with embarrassment. I really have. I've always been so intrigued. You can literally be in the most comfortable situation ever. And then in an instant, the tables turn. It, you know, you're completely overwhelmed and inundated with awkwardness and blood rushes to your face and you just want to crawl in a hole and die. That moment, that moment right there. I will confess to you that moment has happened to me probably more times than I can count in my lifetime. And so I just want to invite you on a quick journey of what I wish were tall tales, but were actual events in my life. So get ready. Y'all ready? Here we go. I remember the first time I publicly passed gas. Some call it cutting the cheese, whatever. I was in fifth grade. Fifth grade. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was PE, you know, or gym class. And everyone, girls included, you know, as, uh, as a co-ed, you know, PE class, had to dress out in the gym clothes, you know. And once this took place, the PE coaches lined everybody up. And we had to do our daily stretches for the, this day's gym activities, and I remember like it was yesterday, we were doing our standing stretches and I, I just, I felt some, I felt gas coming on and I, I, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, but I, you know, but I held it in. I remember it. I really, I remember I was like, I'm not, I can't let this out. Got to hold it in. But you see, that was my pro, that was my problem. I, I, I should have just initially let it go, but I didn't. Once all the standing stretches were completed, I'm, gosh, I was in the back. Y'all dude. Oh, this just kills me. Uh, the coaches had all of the students uh, get down on the floor and do a hamstring stretch. So, you know, I'm going to do on the stage. I'm not going to do it right now. Uh, I'm not sure if you, have you ever been in a, I mean, I assume most of us have been in a basketball gym, right? It's very reverberous, very <laughs> reverb is just on the Richter scale, uh, really hot. So right, right, it was right then when uh, we did our first hamstring stretch where all of the gas that I was holding inside earlier proceeded to come out very very loudly and uh loud enough for like literally every student every i mean and it's it's always the moment where it's like quiet you know you know what i'm saying it's like you know the other room gets quiet it's like, Whoa, it's not quiet. that was what happened it got quiet so loud i remember all the, all the gym erupted in laughter and i wanted to run away and never return i was simba and not coming back to um pride rock thank you that had nothing to do, Simba didn't fart, but he, you know, <laughs> thought he killed his dad. Anyways, um, so, <laughs> spoiler, sorry, if you haven't seen Lion King, you need to leave. Uh, now check it out, there was another time in my life where I remember awkwardness just wrapped around me tighter than the lid of a pickle jar. Like I was just so freaking out. Now this time I was in seventh grade. I was in seventh grade. 
And it's y'all, it's right in seventh grade where you start caring about what you look like, smell like, talk like, all, the, all that kind of good stuff, right? Junior high. Especially as a young dude, I wanted to impress every girl. That was right. And, and you know, I'm a 90s kid, so the puka shells and the, the bleach tips, all the things, you know. Yeah. Doc Martens. I think those are coming back. Samantha Shoemaker was her name. Samantha Shoemaker. She was my first girlfriend. We were girlfriend boyfriend for an entire month. <laughs> That's pretty good. Crazy, right? I liked her a lot, but, but, but I really never talked with her because I was in fear of sounding like an idiot. You know, I was too afraid to talk to a girl even though I was dating her or going out. We called it going out, which we didn't go anywhere. I remember this story like it was yesterday too. Y'all listen, it was lunchtime and I had the greatest idea ever. I was going to buy her a Coke. I'm going to buy her a Coke. I'm going to use my, and so, so, so what did I do? I, 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 I was going to use my lunch money. I went, I went to the vending machines and, and I put my lunch money in. I grabbed my Coke, came down, grabbed her Coke. I stood up, both Cokes, you know, I'm holding this microphone, but a Coke in each hand. I turn around and Samantha, no joke, and two of her friends, I think one of them is Ashley and there's another girl. They were sitting right here, right behind me. And I'm like, <laughs> You know, just, hi. And uh, Samantha proceeded to say pretty loudly, I, I would add to the story. Um, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think we should be boyfriend, girlfriend anymore. Let's break up. Okay, okay, see you later. Like loudly, seventh grader, can you put yourself in my shoes? Samantha and her friends walk away. This is my first breakup. And it starts with me standing by myself with one, a Coke in one hand and a second Coke in the other. I remember thinking to myself, everyone's looking at me. Everyone is going to find out that she broke up with me. I'm a loser. Well, at least I've got two Cokes. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was stoked, you know. Uh, and I went took it, I think it to my friend Corey. I remember like it was yesterday, it's crazy. So it's so embarrassing. I was like, I can't, I was freaking out. I was like, everybody's, everybody's thinking the worst of me in that moment, right? Why did I tell you these, why didn't I rather invite you on this journey of these embarrassing moments in my life? Well, I honestly think that these two quick silly stories obviously point to something I believe was going on deeper in my little seventh grade and fifth grade heart. Uh, that honestly started in my life, I would confess to you everlasting at a very young age. What is that? Well, something that I believe everyone has struggled with in some form or fashion. And what that is, is that that's approval. Quick show of hands. How many of you battle with caring about I'm sorry, how, show of hand, how many of you battle with caring too much of what other people think? Okay. Thanks, wow, thanks for being honest. If, 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 yeah, if, you, if you raise your hand, well, check it out. If, if you were raising your hand so you wouldn't hurt my feelings, or you were not raising your hand due to the fear of someone else seeing you raise your hand, you might, have actually, you might care what people think. Uh, you might actually have the core of approval, uh, uh, a core out of approval running its nasty course. Most of us, if not all of us, have spent, a, listen, a huge, a very huge portion of our lives trying to gain the approval of people. Y'all hang with me here. You dress the way you do in order to get people's approval. You talk the way you do in order to get people's approval. You post on social media the way you do in order to get people's approval. You spend money the way you do in order to get people's approval. Some things in life, you don't even want to do them, but you still do them. Why? Well, because you want the approval of other people. I heard it once said, and I love this quote, it says, approval is a lover who will always break your heart. 
I love what Christian hip-hop artist Lecrae had to say when it comes to approval. He says, my desire for acceptance is one of the crosses that I carry. Each morning I have to attend a funeral, my own. I have to wake up and once again die to my desires for people's approval. Y'all, I completely agree with Lecrae here. Approval, Everlast, is something that we have to daily take up our cross and daily put it to death. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. It's a great passage. You can go there or it's on the screen. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26 says, uh, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Verse 25 says, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Theologian John Owen put it very uh, plain and simple when he said, be killing sin or sin be killing you. Let's then ask it plain and simple, Everlast. Let's ask it plain and simple. Is the gain of the world, or better yet, the approval of man, worth the forfeiting of your soul? It's a big question. Everlast, approval is a very, very, very serious issue that needs to be cut at its roots. If not addressed, y'all, it, 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 it is a bottomless pit that can suck the life and joy right out of you. Finding approval in anyone other than Jesus is worse than trying to find a, a needle in a haystack, honestly. I, 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 it's like looking for a needle in a haystack when the needle actually isn't even there. Tonight, I'm going to go through three branch sins that grow out of the core idol of approval. Three branch sins that grow out of the core idol of approval. Cool. Taking notes, first branch sin of approval is this, people-pleasing. People-pleasing. The disease to please, y'all, is actually a form of an, of, of an addiction. Did y'all know that? Like a drug addict seeks drugs, people-pleasers seek approval. This is something that I'm actually, y'all, I would confess, I'm very vulnerable to. I've spent the majority of my life on a stage uh, and let me tell you something, y'all, the stage, this thing up here is such a dangerous place for the human heart. Um, perhaps the most vulnerable time is actually right after I leave worship or after I preach a message or, and I'm wondering, how did I do? Did I mess up? Did I do well? I walk over and sit next to my amazing, lovely wife and I'm like a little puppy dog, you know, pat my head, you know, did I do okay? Did I do okay? Tell me how, tell me how, how awesome I am, you know. I tend, to I tend to obsess what other people think, what other people think. Galatians 1.10 says this, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Listen, if you're sitting here tonight and I've placed your faith in Jesus to save you everlast from sin and death, if you've trusted him to be the Lord of your life, who you are changed. Your identity literally changed from not just sinner, but saved. Um, not just stranger, but daughter or son. First John uh, chapter 1, verse 9, a familiar verse, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Colossians 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 3 says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. 
So we will actually talk, we're going to talk more about our identity uh, in Christ just a few moments from now, here a little bit later. But, but know this, Everlast, listen, the devil works very hard at using people pleasing to feed the idol of approval in your heart. You don't know what I think. I think that has, here's what I think, something that has practically scratched, you know, the itch of people pleasing our smartphones. Who in here does not have a smartphone? I was going to give you a million dollars. Me. She like breaks it. Okay. Um, listen, if here's the thing, I, I, I would say that our smartphones have made us inherently all about us. How? Well, there's one particular way. Check it out. In 2007, guess what? The first, I think you may know, the first iPhone was released, right? 2007. It had 3.7 million unit sales worldwide. Then only three years later, only three years later in 2010, Apple released its iPhone 4. This particular year, Apple hit the top 10 most sold products of all time according to Time Magazine. The iPhone, sale, the iPhone sales went from 3.7 million units sold worldwide to 47.5 million units worldwide. Do you guys want to know why these sales went up so high? Hashtag selfie. The selfie. Here's the thing about selfies. Are, are they in themselves bad? No, they create awesome memories. Who has an iPhone real quick? Come here. Real quick. <laughs> Hurry, bro. Let's take a selfie real quick, everybody. Why not? Yeah. Let's do it. Come on, dude. Here. Come on, everybody get in. If you can. Can you all get in? Hold on. How do I do this? I'm, I'm going to do a selfie video. It's a selfie video, guys. Hey. Okay. So, see, we just made a memory. It's not bad. That was a good thing. Thank you. Give it up for Jer Jeremy. <laughs> he said, I'm never deleting that. Everybody in that video was like. <laughs> Sorry. That was just random. But listen, selfies are cool. They, they create great memories, right? Now, the, uh, listen, man. The, the, the first part of the word selfie has what in it? Self, right? Let me ask you this. Let me just, uh, I'm just going to ask some practical questions. Seriously, let's, let's, let's just listen to this. Why would someone take or even go post a selfie. Ask yourself, look at me real quick, why would you take a selfie and post it? I would argue that selfies in all of their glory <laughs> are usually derived from a place of, here's me, here's me, look at me, look at me, approve me, approve me. That's, that's what I would argue. Is it okay, again, is it okay to take it and, and to post a selfie? Sure, yes, there is a redemptive way of going about it, but my purpose of specifically calling out the selfie isn't just to be a stickler or anything like that. I'm not, again, I'm not preaching legalism tonight. We're not talking about a list of to-dos and to-don'ts that you need to make sure to live by or else. No, the, the, the purpose is to ask good questions. Well, not just good questions, but actually to ask the right questions. What do you mean, Kev? Well, when you ask the right questions to find it, it, the purpose is to find out our motives of whatever we do. 
And it helps us get down to the root, the core of our heart, asking God to help us better recognize what's going on and to remove it from our hearts with the goal of replacing these idols with his life-giving, life-changing, life-transforming grace. Here's the goal. I said this a couple weeks ago, but check this out. Starve the idol and feed your heart with the grace of Jesus. So to put it into practice, here's a practical question to ask yourself uh, before you take a selfie, if we're on the topic of selfie. Is taking this selfie going to bring God the most glory? Listen to this, please. Is taking this selfie going to bring God the most glory? Or is taking this selfie stoking the core idol of approval in my heart? It's, we, y'all, it's, we are so obsessed with self. We'll, we'll be in a group picture. And I mean, we've all, I've, I've been there. We've all been there some, some form or fashion. It's like, I don't really like how I look. And I don't really, you know, I, 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 I post a selfie and I put a particular filter on it to, to make sure it's like perfect. All, all that stuff, right? Like, y'all, we, I really believe we are being lied to without even at times knowing we're being lied to. And this idol of approval is just running rampant in our heart. Y'all, there's a plethora of examples that we can talk about tonight that highlight whether we're, you know, trying to please man or, or, or rather please God. I'm just, God has kind of brought up this selfie thing as an example. End of the day, as Christ followers everlast, our goal is this. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says, so whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Period. To, to reiterate, the purpose is not just to ask good questions, but the right questions to show the motive of what's going on behind the curtains of our heart. Amen. People pleasing is a branch um, that bears no fruit whatsoever. I tell you what, I love God's word. Everlast, I love God's word. It is a direct antidote, antidote to, 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 the, to the need uh, to please. Disease. <laughs> A great scripture I personally ever last run to in many moments in my life, especially in, the struggle, in this particular struggle, is Psalm 139, uh, verses 23 through 24. I think it's on the screen for you. It says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Second branch sin of approval, if you're taking notes. Second branch sin growing out of approval. Sensitivity. Sensitivity. You are overly sensitive to suggestion or criticism. Your boss or supervisor makes a suggestion about your performance and you fall apart. You get one negative comment. You get difficult feedback. Your coworker, friend, or family member tells you what they really think or whatever about you and suddenly you fall apart your church or ministry pastor or leader whom you've actually invited to look out for you and to hold you accountable and to ask the hard questions they do just that for you out of grace and love but the inner lawyer comes out of you and you get defensive you say that you're coachable and teachable but the stubbornness of sensitivity gets right in the way A hundred people could say something positive, but you get that one piece of pushback and suddenly you find yourself really, really struggling because approval causes you to obsess what other people think. 
We are often, everlasting, we're often overly too sensitive to suggestion or criticism. Sensitivity is a Branson that is a direct link to the core idol of approval. Sensitivity is not the issue. If you find yourself being sensitive, there's something deeper going on. It's a Branson of something deeper going on. Third Branson of approval. Third Branson of approval, if you're taking notes. Comparison. Comparison. My wife actually showed me a lot on this. Uh, um, she's taught on this before. Does such a great job. I, I heard it once said, listen to this. Compar- have y'all heard of this before? Comparison is the thief of joy. I agree, but I think there's a better way of saying it. Um, Tina, help me understand this more. Comparison can be a thief of joy. Comparison can be a thief of joy. Why, why say it that way instead? Well, comparison is not inherently sinful. <laughs> in fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Imitation actually requires comparison. We talked about humility a few moments ago, and it, it is yet again applicable here. If we're not diligent in ruthlessly pursuing humility, y'all, approval will hijack comparison, and it will distort comparison. Approval wants self-glory. It's, listen to this. Check this out. Approval sees other people not as necessary parts of Christ's body carrying out their individual callings, but it sees other people as threats to self-glory. When approval rules everlast, comparison, um, um, jealousy, and selfish ambition are the results. James chapter 3 verse 16 says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. How can you tell that sinful comparison is actually happening? I think that's a good question then. How can you tell that sinful comparison is happening? Well, when we look at others and don't see the grace of God, but reflections of our own inferiority. You can tell that sinful comparison is happening when we look at others and don't see the grace of God, but actual reflections of our own inferiority. John Bloom, he's a a writer at DesiringGod.com. He said it this way. I think it's on the screen for you. Love this quote. Comparison happens when we don't see other people as windows into God's glory, but as mirrors into which we are asking, who's the fairest one of all? And we know it's not us. All three of these Bransons we have talked about tonight, y'all, are excellent indicators of the core idol approval wreaking havoc in our hearts. Can y'all turn with me to Proverbs real quick, to Proverbs chapter 29, uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. Turn there real quick. Proverbs 29, 20, 25. Check it out. Here we go. If y'all are there, say, I'm there. there. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man lays a snare. Let's stop there for a second. The fear of man lays a snare. Y'all, the Hebrew, um, the Hebrew, the Hebrew word translated for snare is mokesh. Mokesh. Can y'all say Mokesh? The, this word literally means a noose for catching animals, a bait, um, a lure, a hook that was generally in the nose of an animal. I'm, I'm going to spare y'all from, you know, just imagine there's a, a nose, or a nose in my hook, kidding, a hook in my nose. Uh, you know, just imagine there's that right there, right? It's like an animal being pulled around all the time by a hook, just lured in, hooked in. 
because you are hooked on what someone else may think. Y'all, that is a very accurate picture of when we are obsessed with what other people think. It's a very great picture. The fear of man or approval is a trap. Y'all, it's, it's a snare. It's a trap. It is not of God. It is not of God. Continuing on in Proverbs 29, 25, says the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. Gosh, I love that so much. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. Y'all, the scriptures are soaked with God being our safe place, our refuge. The scriptures are soaked. Specifically in the Psalms, we see God being described as a refuge for us quite a bit. I've got three different Psalms here I'm going to read out loud. I think they're on the screen. Psalm 91 verse 2. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Uh, Psalm 119, uh, 114, um, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Psalm 32, verse 7, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Y'all, when when we are hiding or taking refuge in God, we are coming under him and we we are honestly finding our true identity. Y'all, I mentioned earlier, we talked about identity, and now I want to expound on that. I want to expound more on identity. Here's the thing. This is the ultimate goal of approval, y'all. What what do you mean, Kev? Well, end of the day, y'all, the core idol of approval is a person who is finding their identity in what others think or say. Author Paul Tripp describes it like this. He, He calls it identity amnesia. Um, which means uh, he describes it as misunderstanding and replacing our identity in Christ. Identity amnesia. I think that's so good. Identity amnesia, it's powerful and potentially very destructive. Here's the critical issue. You either define yourself vertically, everlasting, you define yourself vertically, or you'll end up defining yourself horizontally. So let's define it. Horizontal identity Horizontal identity is placing who you are in the hands of men. Where life only has meaning. I only have worth if this person approves me. Y'all, this is not the goal. Amen, right? This, the goal is to find vertical identity. What does this mean to divide myself vertically? Well, vertical identity is placing who you are in the hands of God. Hear this, y'all. Vertical identity is always, always rooted in worship. I need y'all to hear this tonight. In fact, the Bible tells us that a true understanding of of anything, period, starts with acknowledging God. (laughs) Amen? It's only when you have God in His proper place and are celebrating who He is uh, that you can ever truly know yourself. That's a huge thing. So that literally puts to death the term self-esteem. Self-esteem is not a thing. Did y'all know that? It's not a thing. Our esteem is in God. Our identity is in God, not in self. The core idol of approval ultimately, y'all check this out, it makes us forgetful. It really does. It makes us forgetful of who really loves and accepts us. The battle for approval is a battle that will wage on and on and on if you don't correctly understand who you are, better yet, whose you are. 
I always love saying it that way. We started with the scripture or not. Let's go back to it. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified, accepted by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, this verse, along with many others, is an awesome weapon against, the, against approval. I, I want to read a, a couple more. Uh, um, um, Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Colossians 3.3. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. I need y'all to hear this. Your approval before God is woven into the life and sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, not of what other men and women think of you. Jesus died, everlasting, so that you may live. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, you've already been fully approved. Fully approved. I, I mean, I shared this earlier, y'all. This, for, in, in my life, this has been a hard thing to come by and to believe at times. Like I've had to ask God to help me in my unbelief like many times in my life with this. I remember, I remember there's one moment I was with my wife and I was just struggling, you know, because, yeah, I mean, I'm in leadership position by God's grace, you know, amen. And I, there's people looking at me in this and I could just get in my head about so many different things. Da, 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 da. And I was, I was, we were at Dallas Left Field Airport and I was talking to my wife and just trying to get, a, trying to find approval. And I'm so thankful for a bold wife. And she just looked at me and I was just, I was struggling and she was tender, but she was very bold. She said, Kev. Sounds like you need to go talk to Jesus. And I'm like, and I just walked to every, every gate. And I was just like, I was just like, man, you know, um, and it's so true. Like I was trying to find identity in, in what any other person would, was thinking or saying. Something specific, I've shared this with you before. I've been vulnerable with you guys, you know, not to just for vulnerability's sake, but, you know, I want to be known, you know, we're here doing life together. I'm not here to dilly dally. We're not here to fake it till we make it. You know, um, after my mom passed away of cancer when I was a young little dude, I was like seven or eight years old. A few years later, I, uh, I, I, um, I started ticking and like hitting myself and things like that. And I actually, had, I, have, I have Tourette syndrome. And you want to talk about something that is so embarrassing for me at times. Because I can't control it. It's a neurological issue. God can bring healing. I pray for healing. We've prayed for it. Has it come yet? No. But I can't tell you how many times where... I've, I've, I've done something in my life. I've done a tick or something like that. And someone maybe not like, there's been many moments where people are like, what was that? And I'm like, and there's that moment of like, oh gosh, what are they thinking about me? You know, or, and all of that. And I, I have had to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus, who I am, my identity of who I am in Christ so many times as a 34 year old man. Listen, I just want to encourage you guys. Like this isn't a, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard thing to, uh, to grasp at times. It is. But listen, check it out. I just want to talk about all that Christ has done for us. I'm just going to kind of go into that. I think it's going to help us maybe connect some dots. Listen, there's a lot of other religions, right? Mormonism, Buddhism, Catholicism, etc. Y'all, all other religions expect you to do this or to do that. And then you'll be approved by God. All other religions. But the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is God the Father displaying his unconditional love. Where Jesus did this and did that for you. 
this and that, meaning he lived an absolute perfect life. Wow. In place of our imperfect life, he took on all of your sin, past, present, and future. He took on the wrath of God over sin. God is just. A penalty had to be paid. He died a death we all deserved, paid a debt we can never afford, rose from the dead, and is alive and well, so that your identity and my identity, to reiterate, is not just sinner, but also saved. We can be completely rescued and freed from the approval of man. It is God and only God who gives real sustaining and lasting approval. Oh, just, I'm like sweating up here. <laughs> it's so refreshing for me. And I pray it is for you tonight. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It is by grace and through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of, of works, but that no one may boast. End of the day, listen, approval along with all the other core four, is a, it's a belief issue. It's a belief issue. Let me ask you some questions tonight. We're, we're about to close up. Do you believe you're fully known by God? Do you believe that you're fully loved by God? Do you believe that you're truly approved by God tonight? I love how pastor and author Tim Keller said it. He said it best when he said this. I think it's on the screen. Check it out. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. When you genuinely believe, Everlast, that God loves you unconditionally and without condition of any type, it sets you free. You realize this, I don't need to please people. I don't need to be sensitive. I don't need to be sin I don't need to sinfully compare myself to someone else. Let me leave you with something practical tonight that I believe will help fight against the core of approval. Listen, it's on the screen. Seriously, write this down if you can. Speak the word of God over your life. It's something that it's like I, I, it's like we know. It's like, yeah, cool, I get it. But Honestly, ask yourself this past week, did you speak even audibly out loud and pray the word of God over your life, over your heart? It's powerful. Something that I loved, something, a scripture I loved, it's just, it's kind of a moment. Like, let's say, let's say I'm just, you know, in, in the, I'm embarrassed by something, you know, whether it's something silly like farting in public or, 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 it's, or it's something hard, a struggle that I have. And then, and then I, I'm like in a, in, a, in a moment's notice, I'm like, oh gosh, like uh, I'm, 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 I'm obsessing what other people think and, or whatever the scenario may be. There's so many different scenarios we talk about. In that moment, I would say it and pray out loud. God, your word says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. And I'll pray that. When you, listen, when you read and pray the word over yourself, you know, it literally edifies the, uh, your soul. When you speak it, it is, it is an act of warfare. In Romans 6, we see that God has given us armor. And the armor of God is actually primarily, there's a lot of defensiveness in it, but there's only one offensive weapon. That's the word of God. 
All of these, all, all of the lies, ever lies, all of the lies that approval speak to us will always and forever be counteracted with the truth of God, of, of what God says about us. When we speak the word of God, we are ultimately replacing the lies of approval with the truth of God's word in our heart. End of the day, listen, I need y'all to hear this. You are not what others think about you. Hear me. You are not what others think about you. You are only what God says about you. Like we discussed tonight, there are many ways that the core out of approval it rears its ugly head. Y'all, if this has resonated with you tonight, um, which I have to imagine it has in some form or fashion in all of us, let's, let's listen to me, friends. Don't leave here tonight without placing who you are in the hands of God. Please don't. This isn't, and, and by the way, this isn't like a one and done type of a thing. I actually wrote a song about this idol and, uh, you know, there's a, the second verse uh, I, we wrote, like, um, I, I have to remind myself to lace my gloves up every day because this is, this is a fight that I have to continually run to Jesus, not just daily, but mo- many moments in a day where I have to remind myself of who I am or whose I am in Christ, trusting that he, what he ultimately says um, about me. Y'all listen, find your identity vertically in him and not horizontally in others. That's it. And that's the only thing that matters. I'm just going to reread Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we just love you so much and we're thankful for tonight. We're thankful, God, that you have um, 